0: So I am delighted today to introduce you to the first in our series on optimising health and happiness for humans and your animals with my special guest, Dr. Timo Tastadar and Lance Schuttler. So this first episode today, we are discussing the important subject of what is health? What does it mean and how can we optimise it? We're looking at this for humans and animals because we can learn so much from animals. Dr. Timo, being a vet, and myself being a biologist and holistic health therapist for animals and humans, are always keen to apply our discussions to our animal friends too. After all, when we take animals into our lives, we're responsible for them. So it's important we understand how to keep them healthy and happy. So in this podcast, we discuss everything from physical, functional, mental and spiritual health, how we can optimise it, measure it, and have we actually forgotten what it really feels like to be healthy? We discuss what pushes our health out of balance, warning signs to look for, for us and our animals, the impact of poor nutrition and lifestyle choices have, and crucially remembering that we're making those lifestyle choices for our pets. We look at the importance of being able to objectively reflect and self-assess our levels of health, and we discuss the observer effect, how nothing in nature or any living body is isolated. Everything is working in conjunction and perfect harmony. And of course, no discussion on optimising health would be complete without discussing the importance of the microbiome. These conversations are so vital as everyone provides different perspectives and interpretations. And there's so many connections we can make from just having open and honest conversations. Science should be about explorations and asking questions, but sometimes censorship makes that so hard. So exploring different resources to challenge yourself to think in different ways is so important so we can all make the best decisions for ourselves. So sit back, enjoy the episode, and very importantly, please do let us know what you think in the comments or the reviews. Thank you. So I'm just going to introduce my two guests here today. First of all, we have Dr. Tima Tastaha. And Dr. Tastaha is a veterinarian with a doctoral degree in equine cardiology Who's worked extensively in equine and pet food supplement production and specializes in animal physiology and movement. He has a broad experience in rehab and nanomedicine for horses and pets and is also involved in pet food formulation and consultation for various companies. He's known for his ability to break down complicated scientific data and concepts and explain that to the general public, I can vouch for that, and like the rest of us, he prefers a natural functional solutions um, to be used as much as possible to avoid the drastic side effects that can often come with short-term solutions. So good afternoon, Timo.
1: Good afternoon. That exactly the last sentence exactly describes who I am actually.
0: Perfect. And Lance Shatler. So Lance graduated from the University of Iowa with a bachelor's degree in health science. And as a CEO and owner of Ascent Nutrition, I love that company, and a holistic nutrition company. Lance is a contributing health and wellness writer at the Ecop Times, and his work includes topics of regenerative agriculture, resource-based economies, and quantum technologies. So that's going to be very, very relevant. Lance, how are you?
2: Great, Catherine. Thank you.
0: And for those of you that don't know me, I'm a biologist and a holistic health practitioner. And like Lance and Timo, I work in looking at the root cause of imbalances in humans and animals and putting those right as naturally as possible for long term solutions. So we've got really exciting discussion today. And this is going to be a first in a series we're doing because it's far too much to cover in one show looking at how we optimise health and happiness for humans and animals. And it's really important we're going to be bringing animals into this because our animals have got so much to teach us. In fact, at these times when we seem to have gone so off track as humans, which we might get on to today, I think we can learn a lot from our four legged feathered and scaled friends. Um, so to kick this off, I'm going to ask you both a short question, but it's a very complex question. What
2: is health? What does health mean to you, Lance? So, you know, I would have probably given you a different answer even two months ago or six months ago or a year ago. And I think we're all probably in that same boat that our concept of health, though there's certain principles that I think we as humans all, you know, agree on, it varies from person to person. Uh, but for me and my perspective, health, it encompasses first and foremost balance. So, you know, work life balance, you know, we know that when things get out of balance in our work life or a personal life, um, things just start to sway in those ways where, you know, maybe we're not getting as much done with our work, or maybe we're not able to spend as much time with those that we want to spend time with. So balance in that first and foremost is, is part of health for me, but then, you know, going deeper into that, Health then applies to the physical body. So the nutrients and the nutrition and the foods that we consume, what are those foods doing for us and how are they supporting us? You know, are we just eating to eat or are we eating to live and to thrive? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so that really plays a major role for me. Um, Secondly, emotional health. Um, You know, there's the emotional intelligence tests that are out there, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But emotional health clearly plays such a big role in our mental well-being and then also ties into the physical as well. But emotionally, if we're overall processing our emotions in healthy ways, and, you know, I certainly am not perfect in that area. Uh, I'm continuing to grow and learn and do my best. But learning how to not let emotions get the better of us and breathe through it, process it, understand different modalities and practices we can do to come back to that balance. Um, And then sort of spiritual health that, you know, ties into me also along the same lines of the emotional and mental well-being. um, But feeling like we're part of something bigger, feeling that we have a bigger purpose and a bigger mission than just, you know, who we are as a individualized sense of self. So really blending all those different things together for a greater purpose in life, healthy balanced emotional and mental well-being, tying that into the physical in terms of exercise, activity, outlook, mindset, nutrition, nutrients that we're getting in and then tying that into our social environments around us, you know. Uh, there's been times where I've intentionally isolated myself from people around me, not, not out of spiting anyone, but just because I needed to focus on myself. Um, and now I'm in a, in a place where I'm enjoying being around people more and more and, you know, getting to know more friends and just spending time with more people outside of that because I do so much work by myself, you know, with, with my job and, and what I'm doing, It's nice being able to have that balance of spending time with people outside of it so that I can, you know, interact with more people, learn new things, hear new things, get different perspectives. So I think it's just an interplay of all those different things is how I think of health. And, you know, it's a constant um, uh, challenge and, and joy, I think, for all of us to try to strive towards that.
0: Wow. That is a really good answer. And I was smiling halfway through that, not at what you were saying, but just because I was laughing, having known Timo and I know each other very, very well. And when you were talking about the emotional expression, um, no one would accuse you and I, Timo, of keeping our emotions in. (laughs) (laughs) all our opinions so we certainly don't suppress our emotions do we we can't be that's one thing we can't be accused of but timo let's let's see how you want to add to that what about you have you got any areas that you want to add to that
1: actually yes for me health has something to do more with function um i don't look at it as much as lens from from outside i am looking from inside and from inside is Do I function? Do my cells function? Do my brain functions? Are my um, reactions, my perception healthy, according to my age? Because uh, human mind is the only brain uh, throughout all animal kingdom that keeps growing with age. Of course, some people go backwards after a while when they reach a certain age, but there are even people, they still growing with 100 years old and they still expand their horizon and get in, think differently. So this is mental health for me is can you go the next level each and every time you make a mistake, you learn something, you read something, you enjoy something, you have a nice discussion like now. Can you take something out of it and make it your own and uh, take, can you put your own stamp on it? This is the mental health and the physical health is totally functional so do you function according to your age are you are you functional can you throw a stick if you if you have to catch an animal can you catch it if you have to climb can you climb it if you have to run away from a lion will you manage if you have to collect uh, apples from a tree or mangoes are you able to so everything that makes you survive and see the next day if you can do all those things you're healthy and if you cannot then you have to look at it extremely objectively and find out what can be done to alleviate that problem. Same goes for animals. So do they function? Can they tend to their daily lives? Although of course, sometimes you have arthritis, something's hurt, but that's not unhealthy for a certain age. That's still, uh, how do you say, expected things, the wear and tear that happens. So nobody expect a 40 year old car uh, to be a new, brand new Porsche, but it still might function properly if you if you take care of it. It still might, do, does a job, right? Same goes for our bodies. For me, health is the ba- balance of function and uh, survivability of the body and for brain health and spiritual health. And I don't, uh, how do you say, separate them as much, is can you grow? Can you keep growing? And can you, Uh, isolate yourself and look out from outside to yourself and reflect on yourself not just emotionally but totally objectively like can you look at yourself from outside and say okay this was crap this was good this has to change and this I cannot change but I have to live with it you know so there are things and if, if you are in that position you are healthy
0: this is why this is going to be such a great conversation because such a simple question, there's so many different answers and everyone's going to look at it through their own lens, aren't they? And and it's funny, I was giving some thought to what do I think health is? And I, like you were saying, Lance, if you'd have asked me from two weeks ago, I'd probably given a different answer. And if you ask me in two weeks time, I'll probably give a different answer. Well, knowing me, probably 10 minutes time. <laughs> That's how quickly I move on. But <laughs> For me it's like health is all around energy and how we're using energy on a physical level on an emotional level or on a spiritual level and we're going to come into what I mean by that more but it it's it ties in very nicely actually anyone would think we prepared this and we haven't is is to what you're both saying I think it's about functionality and are you able to function as your species is designed to? But even that is up for grabs, isn't it? When we're talking about the conversations about age and about functionality, I mean, I used to do gymnastics as a child, and I look at Olympic gymnasts now, and and to me, it's incredible that they're the same species as me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really painful to look at.
0: You know, it's just phenomenal. And and even when I was at my peak, I could never do what they're doing. But isn't it amazing how? How, how much mindset and that bringing this whole thing together, even what you were talking about age, Timo, about how we, we use age in a realistic way, but not a self-limiting way. Because I see so many people who might be 60 years old And they're sort of saying, oh, now I'm this age, I can't do this. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? You know, so we can all see people. I mean, I'm 54 now. And I look at people when they say on television, 54-year-old woman. I'm thinking, well, I'm not that woman. Yeah, it's really bizarre, isn't it? So there's so much this linking between mind, body, spirit that goes into physical health and and what our perceptions are. And, you know, let's talk about our, our biology, biological needs, talking about humans first. And we can bring in the animals that Timo and I are so passionate about. But, you know, as a human body. When you look at most people now, do you think, and we'll start with you again, Lance, do you think we've gone quite off track in terms of what a human body should be capable of?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, tying back into the functionality with Timo, if you just look at, you know, let's use an American as an example. I mean, I think it applies to many people around the world. Not, not everyone, obviously, but many of the Western world. You know, the standard American diet or standard Western diet is limiting so much uh, in so many ways because, first, we're not getting the nutrients that we need on a biological level. Um, We're getting pesticides, synthetic chemicals, you know, neurotoxins, all these different things that get put into our food and into our bodies that we shouldn't even have. And then what happens from there is we start to become debilitated. Uh, you know, we are more sluggish in our brain, in our body. So we don't exercise, we don't move. We are then more prone to strains and tears and, um, you know, just different things that happen with the body. And so it's sort of like a cascading effect where if we aren't taking care of ourselves physically at the fundamental levels, things just start to degrade over time and can quickly happen. You know, just like you said, Catherine, I mean, you can look at people who are in their 40s, low 40s and they look like they're, you know, late 50s or early 60s and you can look at someone who's in their 60s who looks like they're in their 40s. It's really, you know, a lot of different things, but you know, what do we need? Like clearly we need movement. Like we're designed to move. We're not designed to sit at computers for 8 to 10 hours a day or sit um, at all. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Great point. And you know, keeping the, the blood flowing and keeping movement, that's clearly very important. And, you know, with that, ensuring that we can maximize muscle strength. And, you know, this isn't to say we all need to be bodybuilders, but having movement and having resistance in some of these movements are very important. Like you were talking, Timo, climbing a tree. That's a very, uh, it can be a very strenuous activity, depending, but it can also be a very easy activity if that person's strong enough and they have that sort of resistance training that they've been doing, whether at a gym or, you know, outside workouts or just outside play and activity. You know, <clears throat> there's a a friend that I have who's uh, a chiropractor down here in South Florida and he does a lot of different other modalities and his big work is on balance. Balance mm-hmm. physically, but also balance with exercise and play. So what he does with his athletes and people he's trained. And I've done some training sessions with him is if you're not rehabilitating, if you're just working on, you know, like really training, he's always incorporating play into it. You know, think about the question, do you want to go to the gym and exercise for the next 45 minutes? You know, your average person will say, well, maybe, maybe not, but does that sound fun? No. But if you say, Hey, let's go climb some trees. Let's go jog on the beach. Let's, um, you know, walk on a, on a tightrope. Let's, um, you know, play with a ball and like use different hand movements. Like that's play and that's fun. And you'll remember that. And the body will remember, Oh, this is natural and easy, but also challenging and stimulating. So this is what I want to be doing. So Um, you know, his perspective on things have really helped me open up my mind in new ways and just learning to bring play back into our life from a physical level, but clearly emotionally, like if we're out there playing and having fun with our friends, we're going to be laughing. We're going to be not stressed in that moment, at least. And, you know, we can really sort of let go and, and not, um, you know, not be focused on, let's say, our work or something that is stressing us.
0: I love that. It's so important. And and I could feel my whole vibration. I could feel my whole energy change when you were talking about the tightrope. I mean, I always wanted to be in a circus when I was growing up. Um, I don't think I'd been very good at the trapeze because I don't like heights, but the rest of it appealed to me. But, you know, the tightrope walking, I mean, how amazing. I'd love to do that. And, and it's just like when you get something that's using all your senses that's involved in the exercise as well just makes such a difference I mean Timo this applies so much to our animals as well doesn't it we've spoken about this before yeah
1: and actually when do you know our dog is very old when it stops playing isn't it yeah so that means they don't stop playing when they're adults they stop playing when they can't anymore we are different we Everybody tells me, why, why do you play with your children? So why do you go out and jump and run? In the kindergarten, whenever I have to wait for my kids, I play football with the other kids. So I just wait there and I bring basketball balls there and do stuff with the other kids so I can pass my time properly instead of just sitting there and uh, saying, oh, the weather is bad today. You know, It's like, it it, it makes no sense. Um, and the, the problem is though, it makes a lot of sense for other people because they they are taught to be not moving anymore not playing because they're not children so you're grown up now and you work and uh, you procreate and pay for the bills and and uh, take your children and family to the holidays when you when your company lets you do that and that's life so and that that destroys us so it breaks us down so and for the animals is the same If you don't let them play, if you take away all their chances to play, they get bored and then they get sluggish and then they get old and they die. And most of the animals die very poorly, very early because they never have the chance to move enough.
0: It's something that I find heartbreaking because so many people, I'm obviously going to be very careful with the words I use to describe this because of the platforms we're going on, but, you know, over the last two and a half years, a lot of people have seen what it's like to have liberties taken away from them and have restrictions put on them that they never thought that they would have put on them. And then we look at how we teach our children to look after animals. So how many people have animals in cages, whether it's a guinea pig, a rabbit, a rat, a hamster, you name it, um, fish in tiny little fish tanks, um, horses in fields that are tiny, dogs that are left alone all day, cats that are kept inside. Now, I know there's always occasions when you're rescuing and things like that, that I'm not talking about those sort of extreme situations, but the general rule um, to maintain health and all the aspects that you have both thought of earlier, to be able to live and function like you as a species was allowed to and 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 that involves choices as well you know making choices and I think this play you've hit on something so so important because so many humans now their bodies our perception of what's healthy has gone so off track um we know there's an obesity epidemic everywhere in the western world really now and none of us had that when we were at school. You might have, Lance, but certainly Tima and I didn't. Um, we know there's an autoimmune epidemic. We know that despite never before has so much been re- spent on pharmaceutical research and R&D, then that the general health of most of the nations has gone down drastically. Because I think so many of us forgotten what it means to be humans and what we're designed to do. And how much we're designed to move in a day. And doctors now in some areas are prescribing nature as a therapy for depression and mental health issues, but it's just as important. You can't really separate the physical, emotional, and spiritual health, can you?
1: No. And from my perspective, you cannot. And the reason for that is, even from the nutrition point of view, Uh, certain vitamins, minerals, when they are not there, you you cannot mentally be healthy. So you depend on the physical for your mental and spiritual health. If it's not there, you you are in a bad position. For instance, uh, a lot of suicidal thoughts come from bad nutrition. Your brain cannot work out things anymore. Like things that I would say, all right, next week I will look at it suddenly it becomes so obsessive and it's, it becomes like a mountain in front of you. Things that you normally tackle easily, suddenly it becomes unsolvable because your body is depressed and mentally you are depressed. And in a situation you cannot see any, any light at the end of the tunnel anymore. And that's also depends, we will come to it later in a later video maybe even, but your subconscious mind is constantly reprogrammed and, and uh, mixed up with input from outside. So if you have an unhealthy, uh, I want to say unfriendly or uncompetitive also environment, you are constantly pushed to a point where you don't want to go on anymore. And even if your heart wants it, you are physically and subconsciously not in a position to save yourself. So you have to be somewhere where people are more encouraging, people are more driven and uh, more driven people will always, I'm um, not always positive, but more driven people will always move something in you. It's not important if they are, it's negative or positive, but they will change you and change you in a position that you can decide now what you want to do with that input. But you have to choose that input for yourself. And from that on, if you choose it consciously, then your unconscious, the subconscious mind will be slowly reprogrammed with your new environment and with the right nutrition, you can get out of any problem you have and move forward. But if you are depressed all the time, which is for many people, especially after the, during and after the pandemic shortly, it is so hard, so hard to solve your own problems, super hard.
0: So we're going to give you some solutions today, we hope. And I just want to pick on before we move on to the next bit. Lance, I can remember my 16 and a half year old lab that I lost very recently. Um, Gorgeous, gorgeous dog. And I can remember the joy of when I received your algae oil, um, the DHA algae oil. Now, she'd been on a good home prepared diet for a long while. And also I'd noticed a step increase improvement in her six months earlier, when I'd used the Clean Slate Roots product to detox her body and that my husband and I just couldn't believe it almost overnight she went up to a different level of playfulness Timo as you said she started playing again because she could but then when I introduced your algae oil and she was selecting that exactly the same thing happened again Lance and she went up to the next level improvement I can remember phoning my mother up And just saying you're just not going to believe it stars like running i took a little video of her running across the field and this is why i think it's so challenging for people because we've forgotten how good we can feel because of all these pressures and the way society is encouraging us to live um with the food the processed foods the the chemicals the toxins the water i mean water is just a massive thing as we've discussed elsewhere That actually, when you take these small steps to start getting you feeling good again, everything starts moving in the right direction. You tip those balance of the scales, don't you? To feeling going from a feeling like you were just saying, Timo, of hopelessness to yes, actually, I can get this back. And wow, I just forgotten how good I can feel. Um, So how do people measure health? I mean, what are some ways that people can measure health? Have you got any suggestions for that, Lance?
2: Um, yeah, and I'll I'll talk about a few things, but I also want to answer this question by also coming back to what Timo was saying on nutrition and how it can affect mental health. So one example, and this is like really something I've dug into very deeply and really tried to pass this information along to a lot of people, is specifically vitamin B3, niacin. Okay. And there's a, a PhD, he was a medical doctor and a uh, uh, I think it was a biochemist named Dr. Abram Hoffer. He's passed over now, but he's written several books and he was helping many people with alcoholism, schizophrenia, depression, and several other like severe mental conditions. And his big protocol was vitamin C and vitamin B3. And, you know, as, as you both know, he was literally not everyone, but many people just literally taking away the schizophrenia very fast with high doses of B3 and vitamin C. And so that's just a really profound example of you know what you're saying, like someone's in that sort of state and then you give them a couple very simple vitamins and it takes it away. And so that's, that's profound in that, yes, the physical does absolutely affect the emotional and spiritual, I mean, if those people weren't getting those nutrients, they'd still be in those states of mind, most likely. So, yeah. you know, the, the nutrient deficiencies is a big issue. And, you know, that sort of ties into how can we measure these things? Uh, as we all know, as well, the daily recommended value for different vitamins, minerals, uh, amino acids, and other nutrients typically is very low. And it's not like the the standards set by the big agencies around the world really only are amounts that can sort of prevent, let's say some conditions in some ways, but not enough to actually make a person thrive, you know? So having a a little bit of vitamin C might prevent scurvy, but is it actually going to get you to that healthy level of where you want to be for what vitamin C can actually do? Um, You know, so looking at the nutrients and actually getting an abundance of those nutrients clearly very important but a couple of big ones that really stand out to me is vitamin d3 mm. uh you know that test and understanding how much vitamin d we have in our body we know that vitamin d literally turns on thousands of different genes to express in healthy ways if we get enough affects every system in the body particularly the brain Mental health, cognition, um, and then you know another test as well that's not as well known, but really should be right up there with D three is the omega three index percentage. You know those omega threes are so crucial for so many things in the body, and those those fats are in the the receptor or in in the cellular membranes of all of our cells. And so if we don't have enough of those omega threes, every system in our body and every function is going to be limited, at least in some way. And when we do have enough, if we can get that percentage up, then, you know, theoretically everything in the body starts to become better because again, if every cell has it and you give the body the right amounts, cells are going to work better, which means organs are going to work better. And all the processes are going to work better in the body.
0: It's key, isn't it, the um, omega-3 to cellular communication as well, isn't it, and energy transmission?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one, one thing that we know, the DHA, one of those omega-3s, is concentrated in the brain, nervous system, and eyes, and in the retina and the cones of the eyes. They literally take the photons from the sun, the light, the light energy, and convert it to an electrical signal, and then it relays the information to the brain and throughout the nervous system for the nervous system and brain to operate the whole body. So, you know, we are beings of light. We know that both physically and, you know, spiritually we can say, and, you know, it's quite, um, quite profound what DHA can do in terms of photonic energy transfer.
0: Fantastic. And, and we've done, I will put in the show notes below, Um, some links to some other shows because it's very important the type of DHA and where you get it from and the quality because there's a huge amount of contamination issues with fish oils for example so it's really really important and one of the things your company does is the most gorgeous um, very very pure algal that um, both Timur and I absolutely love.
2: Yeah yeah thank you Catherine Uh, that's that's exactly right it is a beautiful golden oil and you know, it it really, we we have a lot of success with it, both for humans and animals. And we only launched it a handful of months ago, but it's, you know, very popular already. And the word is spreading because just like you said, it it is an alternative to the fish oil because the fish eat the algae. So let's just go to the source. Let's just bypass the fish and the fish oil because we don't need it. Let's Let's just go straight to the source. And so that's what we do.
0: And I just love it for the ethical reasons as well. I mean, one, it's just a fantastically produced, um, ethically sourced product, but also you haven't got the ethical issues of unnecessarily killing a fish and we all know how they're struggling. So Timo, you are an expert on measurement, aren't you, of health? I mean, it's something that you do a lot with your animal clients.
1: Yeah, that is correct. But uh, I have to say that this is a, this is the most funky business in Health industry is measuring the quality and the needs of individuals. So, if they say a typical individual needs 512 milligrams or micrograms of B12, let's say, uh, there is no data of what type of B12 is necessary, in which way it will be absorbed, and how much of it will be absorbed, and how much of it will be stored, and how much of it is actually useful. So, yeah. we it's not there right so this is this is the problem for instance in dog food and cat food industry there are some vitamins minerals totally totally misunderstood and some of them are overkill the way it's put into food like vitamin d3 it's just overkill and on the other hand there are some that are not even recognized properly like taurine not recognized properly and how much that is needed or um om- omega 3 fatty acids for cats and dogs are mostly re- misrepresented by the food companies and nobody really understands what the needs of their animals are but the bigger problem is Catherine we don't know what we need ourselves for instance for for vitamin B12 japanese uh have twice as much daily recommended amount than, let's say, Europe. Twice as much. But they eat so much algae. They eat so much seafood. For them, it it is very clear, but they have the highest uh, ratio of dementia for the age. So they know they have to push the uh, population to eat more B12 so they stay healthier for a longer time. Right? So this is... This is um, the situation where measurement is really, really high. But what we can measure is function. So if somebody tells you, oh, you're 30, you shouldn't f- play full time football anymore, it's like, I know. look at Tom Brady. I mean, he is now in Tampa. He just crashes everyone. He still does. He doesn't give, give two shits about who's telling what about his age. And don't
0: uh, even talk about um, proper football.
1: This is American football. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: American football, and uh, I love the game. Yeah. So, and uh, he doesn't care. He never cared. So, and he is a very good example for everyone who wants to understand what you can do, um, what you have to do to stay healthy. You have to keep your function functioning. So you look at your base functions. And you have to make sure that these functions are functioning. So for instance, when I maintain my bicycle, I don't just look at somewhere, what does my bike need to be healthy? I turn my wheel. If it doesn't turn right, I clean it up, I grease it, and I know that it's going to turn again. Same with you. If you're thirsty, you know you need water. If, if you're overweight, you know you have to lose weight. If you are skinny, you know you have to put some muscle on. So... It's not rocket science. It's actually quite easy to measure your health. But what you cannot measure is if you don't function and you don't check the function, you might think you are healthy or your dog is healthy, but it isn't. So if you, if you don't know how good coat looks, strong hair looks, good nail looks, if you don't know what real weight to bone ratio is, right? for instance, I have a like Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, do you hands? And, uh, right? So my bone structure shows that I can be maximum 83 kilos with maximum muscle and 10% body fat. So if I stay at 10% body fat, I cannot be more than 83 kilos. And there are really good calculations for that. So for men and women. So if you can really check according your size and according your bone structure, what your maximum muscle mass can be, then you know exactly how heavy you should be maximum with proper amount of body fat, right? I see the opposite side. I see a lot of women who are doing heavy sport. They have 8% body fat. They don't get their periods anymore. Their body doesn't function because their body needs more fat and they are not having it. And then they are not women anymore. I mean, they are strong individuals with two X chromosomes, but their function, female function is gone. Yeah. And this is the same with older men who lose all their testosterone because they are filled with body fat and uh, don't eat the right things. And uh, they have no testosterone. These are guys with XY chromosome and overweight, but they are not men anymore because the function is gone.
0: This is why why I love this. We're not politically correct on this podcast. (laughs) We promise never to be politically correct. (laughs)
1: Yes, but I don't have to be. So it's like the description is is there, you know, it's. is no discussion about it it's just what your body can do your body it's like your genes and your chromosomes they're set you you know what they can do and if you can fulfill that function you are that if you cannot fulfill that function you are not that anymore and that's what we have that's why i always say reflect and objectively self-assess because Some months ago, before I started basketball, I was sluggish. I couldn't move anymore. I feel my knees need more movement. I started with basketball. The first week I was dead. Like all muscles or bones are like hurting. Now I run like crazy two and a half hours. I shoot the ball, press, block and hit and steal and do everything that a normal basketball player would do. Of course, a bit slower. I'm 47, but still good. So... Uh, This is what I mean with function. So according to my body function, I can still jump, crouch, roll, hit, keep, grab, push, everything that a male should do in his age, like my age, I can do. And this is a clear sign of health for me. So this is the right direction to health. Six, seven months ago, I was not healthy enough to fulfill this role. Right? That's why objective self-assessment is the way to health.
0: I want to capture I really want to, because this links really into the mental and spiritual side of things that we're coming on to. But I think this is such an important point. I just would like to have a little discussion about it with you two, because this self Assessment is really important. This is why everyone needs a friend like Timo. Timo will tell me if I'm getting fat. Timo will tell me if I'm, you tell me when I'm stressed. You can notice it so quickly. So can my animals, which I take it much better from my animals than I do from Timo. But (laughs) that's the cats can say anything to me and I'm fine with that. But no, in all seriousness, you've got to lighten up. And if we've lost the ability, I think it's ridiculous now that as a species we need nutritionists for any species because going back a few generations our, our ancestors knew how to feed themselves healthily now they didn't have the temptations that we have at our fingertips now they didn't have the awful toxic cookware they didn't have the processed foods that are more plastic than food you know if it didn't look like it had come from an animal or a plant it wasn't food and that's what they had access to so often choice bring, you know Choice has got to be balanced, don't you think, guys, in terms of um, too much choice can be a bad thing. So when you're given the choice of foods that are no longer real foods, that's not helpful to anyone, is it?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you know, you think about Uber Eats or any sort of food delivery service today, as you were talking about that, Catherine, that's what immediately came to mind for me was, you know, just not even a handful of years ago we didn't have access to that but now if you've got the money to do so you can literally order any food you want and you can have it delivered to your door and you don't have to move an inch you can sit on your couch stay right there consume 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 and you know oftentimes if you're in that sort of rut or that place of just consuming junk food it's easier and more attractive to consent to continue to consume that junk food. You know, it's hard to say, all right, I'm going to give up XYZ foods and start to incorporate more fruits and veggies or, you know, more beans or, or whatever it is that you want to incorporate. It's hard to do that. It can be to, to get over that hump. And today things have just become so easy to not do the things that are healthy and things that are not health promoting, you know? So the Uber eats as, as an example, like we can just literally get that food delivered. And I mean, I've used, util, I've utilized it, but I I check myself of, okay, am I doing this to Because out of convenience or am I just doing this just because, you know, I kind of want the thrill of having food delivered and I know it's going to be something tasty. Um, you know, things like that. So it's, it's a balance, but um, with the overabundance of choices, it really does come down to discipline and we have to self-discipline. Like Timo was saying at the beginning, only we can make the choices for ourselves. We can have a lot of help from others, encouragement, support, articles, videos, books, all of that. But at the end of the day, it literally comes down to us making the choice.
0: Yeah it's so important I think um, you know at the end of the day realising being the first step is being honest with yourself and where are you now so if you are overweight if you're underweight if you're lacking muscle if you're lacking flexibility if you're depressed if you've got a particular health condition um, it's really important to be honest with it and then sort of go into solution mode isn't it because um friction i talk about this with my friend bryce when we talk about yoga a lot friction in is so important because that's what forces your body your mind your spirit to make changes but obviously it's much nicer if you do it from a place of choice than when that's forced on you because something has gone drastically wrong have you got to totally agree
1: either? same same goes for the animals so they actually tend to choose the right thing as long as uh, you give them the right thing. But once you engineer things to taste good, when you, once you engineer things to trigger certain uh, bodily responses, like our food also for humans are the same, then uh, you start to um, yeah manipulate the healthy choice to something that is made uh, subconsciously always into your favor. And this is a big problem. So... Um, like you, you eat and other ch- choices you have. Most of the foods we have today is turned into um, exactly like everything else a consumable, mm-hmm. right? But food is actually not consumable in a sense that it is not there just to have fun with. It's just to rebuild yourself and give you energy. And but we don't look. We look at food now like we would like a watch, a piece of cloth, or this is a commodity like coffee. We buy it, we consume it and it's gone and we throw away the package, right? This is now food for us. So and the schools uh, know where you learn how to cook properly, you don't know how to combine things. For instance, uh, everyone in India would know that you combine rice with chickpeas or beans or something to have your protein properly mixed, right? And you don't learn that in the West. In the West, you learn, okay, you want to eat something, buy a steak. If you don't have money for a steak, go to Arby's. If you don't have money for Arby's, go to somewhere else where you can buy your stuff cheap. So it's consumable. It's not about the ingredient. It's not about what it contains. It's about, does it taste good? Yes. Can I buy it with the money I have? Yes. Then that's it. So there is nothing left uh, when you think about food. The same goes for the pet food. Uh, the same. Does my dog eat it? Yes. Can I pay it? Yes. That's the size and that's the type I buy. That's it. Nobody reads what's inside anymore. Right? And this is even if they read, they don't know what's inside. And now, uh, the US is worse than Europe in that sense that you can hide so many things in the label that it's for instance uh, like 20 years ago when monosodium glutamate was uh, poo-pooed a lot. They changed in Germany a rule that you cannot uh, put it under um, spices anymore. So, and they started to use monoglutamate, sodium glutamate from from yeast extract. So they started to write yeast extract. So Mm -hmm. everyone who eats yeast extract think they are eating yeast, but they're actually eating monosodium glutamate. It's just now the name is different. It's hidden there instead of under the spices, right? So, yeah. So many things we eat and our animals eat are not food. So they are not physiological. They harm you over the long run. They don't give you enough of stuff you need. And your bacteria change, your microbiome change, your neurotransmitters change. The dominance of different neurotransmitters become imbalanced That some are too dominant because of the way you eat and suddenly you start not to function anymore like your animals. And that that includes me, right? It's not like I'm not uh, saying any uh, anything bad to anyone. I'm in the same boat. We are in the same boat in this and not so easy to uh, get away from all the traps and some of them put deliberately. But for instance, a good example, do you know which company uses the most potato uh, flavor in their food potato flavor no McDonald's because their fries don't taste like potato anymore it's hard to believe but they use the most potato flavor the, the company that sells the most potatoes in the world
2: Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> yeah so that, sh- that shows you uh, that uh, where we are that we don't even know what we want and we don't know what we're getting and that's uh, the consumer, the, the consumer uh, mindset, not uh, how do you say, it? not the survivors mindset, or not the growers mindset, right?
0: It's funny, isn't it? Because this leads nicely on to when we're going to talk now about mental health briefly, um, and because. You mentioned there the microbiome, and it's something that we cannot go through and optimising health for you and your animals without talking about the microbiome. Yeah. Because it's absolutely crucial to everything. And if people understood that they are more microbiome than they are human cells, you yeah. know, bacteria, fungi, um. Viruses, viruses, um, yeah, exactly. It's just absolutely fantastic the new research that's coming out. And Zach Bush is my absolute favourite on this. So, yeah, my
1: my hero for sure.
0: Yeah, we all love Zach Bush. Um, But it's so crucial, and this leads into, I think, very much in the mental health, because on a physical level, with our physical bodies, science has got so reductionist in terms of looking at everything in isolation rather than looking at our bodies as a whole ecosystem itself, and then our bodies were an ecosystem living within an ecosystem. Interestingly, if you look up the definition of nature, there's nothing that mentions humans in it. It's everything outside humans says it all. Yeah. now when you're looking at that related to everything we've just discussed on on physical health and we'll probably come back and do more discussions on the microbiome because it's so so important both in in terms of the microbiome and the soul biome and the the link between us all and we build that into looking at the mental health and you know how how what is mental health and and how do we know if we're okay in that level everything is all connected and if we look at trying to separate any aspect of ourselves from our environment from nature from the planet then it all starts to go horribly wrong what do you think about that Lance?
2: yeah definitely there's a book that I read a few years ago called the psychobiotic revolution and it talks all about micro the, the microbiome, the, the connection between the gut brain access and you know, really just what you said of how microbes in the gut play a direct role in our mental health, cognition, and you know, brain and nervous system function. Um, that book is really fascinating to me. I learned a lot and it's been a few years since I've read it, but um they just talked a lot about a lot of the different strains and how those impact the production of neurotransmitters particularly serotonin um but what i find even more fascinating is really just i think it's really hard to measure uh which is what are the interplay of those different microbes you know we can isolate them and understand what they're doing in their roles but what happens when we combine all of them you know i think it's certainly harder to measure and harder to interpret because it will be dependent on the person um and you know, there's just a lot of different things that go into it. Timo,
1: yeah, there is a um, not so hard way to find out how they interact with each other uh, by checking the um, gene expression of a healthy person in a healthy environment. Let's 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 say someone who lives in uh, Amazon's and has no access to normal uh, daily uh, bullcrap we have. And uh, yeah, just take a piece of their crap and uh, check what's inside. Then you know more or less how, it, how the strains have an interaction with each other. Of course, you cannot really pinpoint who's doing what. But uh, since we know very well that most of the cravings come from the bacteria, even the stomach acidity is uh, totally affected by the bacteria, um, we know exactly... How important it is to have a healthy, balanced microbiome, because the way you crave things really depends on what type of bacteria you have, ultimately making you overweight or bulimic or so so many different ways, right? So that means the microbiome has a huge impact on the mental health just by manipulating how your intestinal tract works. That's that's already there, so you don't even have to go deeper than. Uh, what it triggers and everything, but if it already regulates what you want to eat and how much of it you want to eat, there you have your response, so to speak. So, um, that's why I think microbiome is the most important research point, more important than anti aging and whatnot. I think that's the most important one for physical and mental health.
0: I would also, um, pull into throw into the pot there that I'd love to see us sort of get move away from this. This need to look and isolate things and work out what they're doing, because one, you've got the observer effect. So we know right down at a molecular level that when you look at an electron, it changes the way it spins, for example. And and the same when you start taking, isolating anything. I mean, nothing, nothing in nature is isolated ever. Nothing in any living body, whether it's plant or animal, is isolated It's all working in conjunction in perfect harmony. And if you and I, if all three of us took the same supplement, it would work differently in each of us based on our host and what what environment we were putting it in. So I think coming back for me, this this getting back into tuning into ourselves and, and being really honest about how we're feeling physically, how we're feeling emotionally, how we're feeling spiritually, and taking action, and then listening to ourselves to what the results we're getting, can be so so more important than getting strung up on. I need this strain of this, or I need that particular. Yes, there are huge ones that we know that are crucial to pulling everything together, like you've just spoken about earlier, Lance, the DHA and the D3 being two very good examples. But the best it's the best thing to get your microbiome back in balance is some of these health tips that are going to help your. Your mental health, like getting out in nature, breathing. Yep. breathing. This is
1: where you get the bacteria anyway. This yeah. Is the, the, the strains are there where you can be healthy normally. This is, this is the trick. Exactly what I wanted to say from the very beginning. So function is a definition of health. Why? Because you are formed. I don't know if you believe in evolution or not. Not important. You are formed according to your function. And the function happens only in the right environment properly. And that environment is the one that makes you function. So it's hand in hand. The right bacteria are in the right food. And the right food is in the right environment. They are happy and healthy in the right environment. We all are now not in the right environment. So we have to find a way to integrate that right environment and the right food into your daily lives. And we have to find ways to do it sustainable for the future generation too. So that's, that's the job. And that's about it. Happy, healthy life is not, uh, having a job till you're 40 and retire and, uh, go to a cruise ship. So this is, this is not the definition of healthy and happy for me at least. So I love cruise ships, but.
0: Um, what about you, Lance? What do you say about all this?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, sort of coming back to, you know, what is health and happiness, uh, and the functionality, it makes a lot of sense, Timo, what you're saying. And it's a, a, a new perspective for me of, you know, we're formed certain ways and we're formed to function. And if we use those functions, then that facilitates and elicits health. And if we're not, then it does the opposite. Um, you know, so going along those lines, I think that if we can just continue to, understand I mean I think education first and foremost is so important because the more we learn the more information we have access to the the more choices we can make and some of those choices are going to be healthier you know like we can get a lot of information some of those choices might not be healthy but if we get access to more information we can understand things more and we can make different choices and you know that's that's such a a huge thing and you know why podcasts and, and youtube shows and just conversations are so incredible that you know we, we of course had a structure going into this but this conversation in and of itself has even taken on new parameters and new dimensions based on the input that each of us are giving and and how we interpret what each of us are saying and you know for the listeners it'll be the same thing there'll be new things that people will learn things that people have heard, or maybe they heard it in a different way. And maybe it connects new synapses and, you know, forms a new connection literally in the brain. Totally agree.
0: It's exciting. I think, you know, the, the learning and the information is key. And I think we all know that unfortunately um Science, a lot, lot of science. Well, this is my opinion. You two can butt in and say whether you agree or not. But a lot of science for me, science is all about exploration, it's all about asking questions, it's all about um challenging you know and and moving forward in new areas and unfortunately there's so much censorship now which means that a lot of questions aren't allowed to be answered so at the crux of it my answer to everyone you know I work with clients of all species humans and animals and is how's it working for you now if all's going great then keep doing what you're doing. But if you're being honest and you think, do you know what, there's a better version of me physically, emotionally, spiritually, or there's, you know, I can see that my dog's not as vibrant as it should be. I can see that my cat's not acting like a cat, should be whatever it should be. Then there's always more we can do um, to, to learn and listen. And it's balancing all the forms of information and then letting it sit with you and seeing what resonates because unfortunately so many scientific research papers now are funded um on a very reductionist principle not looking at bringing the whole together and that's how people get the funding to do certain research and a lot of what we're talking about it would be very difficult for someone to get funding so just it's I think exploring some of the other resources that we've already mentioned today and I will put some good resources that we all recommend below in the show notes to challenge yourself to think in different ways but it's so exciting when you start resetting and taking those little steps forward and think oh I can do that now I can actually climb a tree now instead of hesitantly climbing a tree, I'm going to try as soon as we finish this and see how far I get. The only time I manage to climb trees is when I'm rescuing one of the cats. <laughs> and then yeah, good, yeah. I can do it. Yeah,
1: the a good reason. Interesting,
0: though, mind over matter, because when I've got that purpose and my baby's been chased up there, normally by one of my other cats, then I'll go up that tree. If not, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can get up there. It, it just shows, doesn't it? Um
1: but- one of the reasons you are still able to climb that tree is because you have one there. Yes. So you are not living somewhere where you have like 10, 20, 40, 50-story buildings with no real tree. And when you get out, the first thing you see is a yellow taxi. It's not, it's yeah. not that place, right? And that, that gives you the chance at least to function as a normal person. But because we make our environments unhealthy and unnatural on purpose all the time um that's where it goes wrong for all of us and our animals of course
0: that's a really good point and and there's so i'm just conscious of the time of this there's so much more we wanted to cover but we might have to do that in our next episode so should we finish off by looking at go round the table and each give a few top tips for people for what they can do moving forward to look at optimizing their, their health. Lance, would you like to start?
2: Yeah, so uh, a few things. First, getting sunlight in the eyes in the morning. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but even if it's a full-on cloudy day, there's still enough photons coming through, bursting through those clouds to where if you aren't wearing sunglasses – those photons will hit the retina of the eyes and, you know, start cascading so many different effects in the body. And, you know, just basically what it's doing is it's helping mood and happiness and really just turning on the brain and nervous system for the day. Um, clearly exercise, even if it's something just as simple as a walk, um, you know, I, I'm really a big proponent of if it's even just the simplest thing, like that's literally better than nothing. Um, you know, of course, if you can get into some sort of regimen of exercise, play, playing sports, like all that's just above and beyond, um, but getting some sort of movement in the morning, getting sunlight in the eyes. And I also am really big on alone time and you can use that in a multitude of ways, whether that's, you know, meditation, uh, prayer, uh, you know, focused affirmations, uh, writing, reading, Uh, you know, maybe a combination of all of them, Uh, you know, all of that really helps for me in the morning and the evening to sort of set my day at the beginning and end the day at night.
0: Love it. Absolutely love all of those. Timo, what about
2: you? No,
1: mine is a bit more grim, self-assess objectively. (laughs) And, uh, and forget about, uh, you are all beautiful, you are all inclusive, oh, it's so good that you came, it's already good that you participated. <laughs> Scratch all that, look at yourself. Are you competitive? If if you have a lion behind you, will you survive? If you have to hunt something, will you survive? If you want to eat something, will you manage without the supermarket? Or if you're even able to cook your own meal, if uh, your significant other is not around or your mother, whoever. and if all of these questions are positive, like, yes, I can, yes, I can, and you are in a good place, then just uh, improve yourself. And if you are saying, oh, no, then you are not fit to survive. And uh, that's where the mentally problems start. If, you, if your body knows you cannot survive, but you are not aware of it, that's where the depression mostly starts. So to avoid that, to move forward, self-assessment objectively is key, and don't forget, not important what your best friend says, your aunt says, your grandmother says. They all have their own views. The, the only one that can assess you properly is you. So do it because
0: you know yourself the best. I agree. I can't disagree with either of you. I'd love to, but I can't. Um, and I think that's okay. So mine are. I agree with that. The the one person in this life you cannot fool is yourself. And your cat. But let's forget the cats for now. You cannot fool yourself. So this is going to lead to disharmony, dis-ease if you're constantly trying to tell yourself something you're not. But when you recognize where you are now, then all of those tools that you were talking about, Lance, can be put into play beautifully, one little step at a time. So my my things would be: do everything that Lance and Timo said. Um, but I'm a, a big, um, component of asking for help and helping others. So one of the things I think that can help move you forward physically and emotionally and spiritually is if you're feeling stuck, do something to help others. And by that, that moves you, that's, that shifts you into a genetic, a different energetic space to take action um breath work breathing there's so many different breath techniques so much free resources available on all sorts of different platforms everyone knows I love Wim Hof there's so many different breath techniques out there um it's something you can all do because when you tune in with your breathing you know we need breathing to climb the tree to run away from the lion, to go for the walk to play Um, And when you start getting some control back of your breath, you start getting a lot of control of both your physical and emotional body. It's really powerful to control your breathing um, when you're around a stressed animal and see how that changes your whole energy field. And my third tip, because I don't want to overlap with any of you two, would be set yourself one little target. All you want to do is take that first step in a new direction don't don't make it huge you know if you can't run away from the line at the moment get a really fat friend that you can put behind you and then they'll get them first but in all seriousness one little step make go away from listening to this and just make one commitment to yourself of something that you're going to move forward with today
1: like don't open the fridge after 22 like because yeah. opening the fridge is something we do subconsciously. We just go there and open and then start to consciously think what's inside. So if you can think about opening the fridge consciously, you are now one step forward with your control over what you want to eat and when you want to eat. That's that's a starting point. So think about when you approach the fridge. Do you I really want to open it now? It's 22 o'clock and I'm going to go to sleep in half an hour. Do I want to have those extra calories? Did I have eaten enough today? And that's a, that's a very nice um, uh, mindset to think about your food also, because you learn then, do I need the calories now or I don't? So I think that's a that's a good start in getting healthier.
0: Yeah, it's a really good one. It's those little steps that make all the difference. We don't all have to aim for Mount Everest straight away. Yep. in my case, <laughs> I'm not going up there, but you know those little choices that you're making just brings back your control and your power yep. and you'll see everything about you change. Thank you so much, both of you. I've loved that conversation. I hope our listeners have I've really enjoyed myself anyway <laughs> I hope you both have
2: yeah um.
0: For sure. Yeah, we will be back for the next in the series next week. So please do let us know in your comments below. Um, Please, please let us know what you would like us to talk more about, what you found interesting, what steps and tips that you've got that you can share, because everyone will have something different to share. And, you know, that's what's going to help us all find something that resonates with us as individuals.
1: Yes,
2: I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you both.
0: Bye. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible, and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for the products I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.